This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. It's funny, man, because one of my favorite shows or favorite movies of all time, one of my favorite movies of all time is Friday. And, yeah. you know, every, every now and then that comes on the TV and it starts off for those. If you have been living under a rock and haven't seen Friday, Ice Cube, John Witherspoon, rest in peace, Chris Tucker. Um, but it starts off with Craig, a.k.a. Ice Cube, talking about being fired on his day off because he was caught on camera stealing boxes. Right. Yeah. Like that's what he was stealing. He was stealing boxes on camera. And Paul Pierce, the truth, the Boston legend himself, Paul Pierce, got his ass fired Oof. on his day off. Man. Because the guy was caught on camera not stealing boxes. There were some boxes in the picture. But uh, he was not, he, he got fired on his day off, man. And that shit is just whack to me. Like, damn, Paul. Like, you couldn't, you couldn't just wait. You getting fired on your day off? Yeah. Damn. And, and you think about it, like, I just, I don't know what was going through his head. Like, how do you even say, well, you know, maybe he just got, it wasn't like he got caught on video and it got leaked by one of the girls that was there or one of the guys that was there. This man is on his own personal live, just flaunting, you know, a bit of money, a bit of honeys, you know, people doing whatever they want to do. He's, he's entitled to have a good time. But when you're working for Mickey Mouse, man, like... That stuff's just not going to fly. Like, it's just not going to fly. But, oh. Pierce. Pierce. Talk to him. Truth. How do you get fired, bro? On your day off. On your day off. Come on, Pierce. Let's set the scene for everybody, everybody who doesn't, who's been living under a rock for the past 10 days and doesn't know what we're talking about. Paul Pierce, legendary NBA champion, you know, you know, top NBA player during his time, one of the top NBA players during his time. Paul Pierce, the truth, was at his house or condo or wherever he was. Hell, we don't even know where he was, but uh, he decided to pick up his phone and record himself via Instagram Live having some fun. He has some ladies there. They were in thongs and G-strings and shaking ass and throwing money. It was, it was a nice party. And he had some drinks. He had him a, a nice fresh rolled blunt. He was getting his hair cut. I mean, it, it looked like he was having a good time. But Paul Pierce is employed by... ESPN, like, like you said, Mickey Mouse, Disney, this is a family network. And the truth was clearly 
faded in this video. I mean, eyes glossed over, smoking big blunts, having liquor. He had the women. Now, apparently, uh, Paul Pierce is married. He's not married. His wife scrubbed her Instagram. I don't know what happened. But what I do know is you and I talked right after we saw this happen because I so happened to, I was alerted by one of my friends. He was like, yo, go check out Paul Pierce's Instagram. Like, who follows Paul Pierce on Instagram in the first place, right? But he's like, go look at his IG live. And Pierce is having a good old time. He's got a fresh, like you, much like you, Jay. He's got a fresh chop, fresh haircut in the picture. And his women, it's weed, it's alcohol, and he's just having a good time. And the first thing we were talking about, we're like, he's going to get his ass fired. Like, there's no doubt Paul Pierce is about to get fired. And sure enough, he was fired on his day off because he decided to IG live a good time. Like, bro, I don't, I, I don't care how good you think you've got it. Like, you had it made, Paul Pierce, and you decide to press record on your phone in that moment like what what the hell were you thinking what was he thinking bro and not even just him like what were his friends thinking because it wasn't like he was the only person there you saw i'm sure some of his homies or whoever he hangs out with at the party i mean i don't know about you i'm a little bit jealous i didn't get an invite like don't get me wrong it looked like it was a good time but to do that, knowing you're employed by, you know, Disney and ESPN and you got a sweet gig, like talking about a guy who was, you know, at one point a top five player in the league, challenging LeBron every year, won his championship in Boston with Kevin Garnett and Ray Allen to now, man, like the fall from grace of Paul Pierce. And don't get me wrong. I can't. I got to be real. I'm kind of happy that he's gone. It wasn't like he was the best NBA analyst. But he was making his money, you know, he was making good money at ESPN being an NBA analyst. So why do that? You know, and you, you see this from time to time. And is it arrogance? Is it I've made enough money? I don't care what happens. Like, where do you think his head was at? Because like you said, you know, women, liquor, weed, like all this stuff that I mean, maybe a little bit of alcohol here or there. But man, just to be out there like that i don't know man yeah i i don't i don't think is i think he was loaded i mean he was he was clearly drunk and high so his head wasn't in the right space right and i do think sometimes people in positions of power whether you are a star athlete or uh, a ceo of a company the president of a business the supervisor at a job i think sometimes people take advantage of that power in thinking even for a small moment that they can't be touched, whether that's, I mean, we see that in the workplace, you know, the way that some supervisors or managers talk to employees, some things that they say, um, this passive aggressive, you know, behavior towards maybe it's women, maybe it's men. If it's a woman in that role, um, you know, we see this thing play out where there's this, this inferior, like this superiority complex that I can get away with whatever because of my status. And it was like, there was no doubt in my mind, Pierce was going to lose his job after this. Now, apparently he was on TMZ the other day or, you know, some of the paparazzi caught up to him and he was like, big things coming for the truth. Big things coming. Like, I ain't even worried about it. I ain't sweating it, bro. <laughs> I mean, I, unless, you know, we don't know the details of that contractual situation, but you had a gig with ESPN, my guy. Like, I don't know how much better it's going to get for you than that. But I do think it's a part of that, man. It's just it's this this thinking that you can get away with whatever. And then 
in the moment of intoxication, it's not thinking. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. And and that's what it comes down to is just even no matter where you're at, no matter what your status is, like you just can't be doing that. It doesn't matter if you're a high level employee or not, because a lot of companies, they do even have some screening for drug testing and things like that. Like you need to be mindful of everything you do, especially when we talk about social media. Because someone like Paul Pierce, the moment he went on live, there's women saying, oh, aren't you married? Like, bro, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, and you can see that if you actually watch the video, all these comments, people are like trying to, you know, kind of tell him like, yo, like get off this right now. And then the next day, probably not even four or five hours later, I'm like, this dude's fired for sure. After I watched the whole video, I'm like, there's no way he's not fired. And I think it was, you know, two days or so. And then you see ESPN PR comes out. And but the memes though were hilarious, man. I saw one of like it was like Rachel Nichols when he sees Paul Pierce at ESPN, like gets up and moves tables when yeah. she's eating and stuff. Yeah. Oh my god, I was dying, and that was before he got fired. Well, well, somebody said in the comments, like while I was actually going down, it was just like, "Where's Rachel Nichols?" Like somebody <laughs> commented, "Where's Rachel Nichols?" And it's like you know, it leads to a bigger topic of social media and how. You know, we in particular as fantasy analysts who, I mean, we get paid through what we post, right? We get paid because of fantasy football. We, we are, you know, contract employees for certain companies. And I think, you know, it's, it speaks bigger volumes to how people conduct themselves on social media. And I think a lot of times if, if you don't have your real face on your Twitter or your real face on you know, Facebook, it gives you this, this freedom to kind of say and do whatever the hell you want. But when you type in Ray GQ or Ray Garvin on like Google or Twitter, like my name pops up, right? So, you know, employers, potential employers, like they can type up, like search and see what I've said and, and what I'm posting and the type of content that I'm, that I'm disseminating to people. So I try to be very mindful of, of what I say now, you know, and you know, when I was a bit younger, I was a lot more reckless and said a lot more stupid stuff. But as you get older and mature, you try to like you got to, uh, you know, you've got to be mindful of the stuff that you post because you never know who's watching. You never know who may see that. And you don't know how down the line that may impact you from future employment or potential growth. Like I just think a lot of times, you know, we look around the social media platform and people aren't very mindful about what they say and, you know, how they say it and how they interact with people. But I definitely think it's something that, you know, people who are trying to build a brand and create content have to be more mindful over what they say. Now, on the flip side of that, as you grow and you get bigger, you do get a little more leeway, right? To just like if, if you've built your brand and reputation on being the, just that the loud, obnoxious kind of character, then you, you may get away with a little bit more than those who are more conservative and reserved. But ultimately, man, you just listen, like you never know who's watching or, or how the things that you tweet or post can really come back to impact your life. So you have to be super mindful of that stuff. Man. Yeah. And I think it's funny that you mentioned someone who Google, Googles your name, because that's one problem that's, I don't have as much because there's uh, what is it? European football players that have my name. There's actually a football player that got drafted to the NFL with my name. Unfortunately, he doesn't have social media, but 
This is a lesson that I remember you and I went over, I wanna say it's probably about six months ago now, maybe a little bit longer than that, maybe almost a year, when even when we started Destination Debian, you were starting to build your brand and getting a lot of um, traction and all of that. You had to kind of call me and be like, hey Jay, like I just need to have a conversation with you man to man about the business and say, look, you can say whatever you want for the most part, but there's certain things that I need you to just be mindful of before you say them. And I think you said that to me twice and it's funny that you haven't said it since. So hopefully I'm, I'm doing things better and I'm doing things the right way. Um, but I just, I just wanted to kind of point that out to the audience that we all have to be mindful of this. And it took you reminding me that we're building a brand together and in, in our own ways apart as well, that we need to treat ourselves like a business and conduct ourselves that way. And whether it's catering to our audience or not, we still have to be respectful and mindful of the things that we say out in that space because we don't know who's watching and we don't know when one of those things may resurface later and ultimately tarnish our reputation, right? And so for that, I have to tell you, man, I'm thankful for that because that was something that you did teach me early on when we started building this brand and it's something I've carried with me to this day. Yeah, and we've seen it in the space that we interact in more so than not the fantasy space where you know, so it's like people turn on you real quick, man. I mean, you can be kind of blackballed from this very tight industry. You know, those of you watching who aren't familiar, like the fantasy network is very, very small. Like everybody knows somebody. If 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 they want to do a check on who Ray is, you know, this person can ask this person, this person can, can ask that person. And if your reputation is, you know, being a jackass, if your reputation is being um, you know, derogatory towards women or, or, you know, people of color or whatever the case may be, uh, disabilities, uh, you know, homophobia, if that's sort of your MO, like no one's going to work with you, man. And no one's going to pay you. No one's going to hire you. You're just going to be just this figure on Twitter that tweets away and never makes any cheese. So, um, it's something that not only you had to be mindful of, I still do. And that's why I, I, I really try hard not to let the, the trolls really infiltrate my space, right? And really take me, knock me off of my game to say something crazy. Like I curse from time to time. I talk about things that are happening in, in the world that affect me, you know, social justice, change, racism. I will speak out on those things. Like if that's not going to stop me from getting a job, but you know, I've seen some people say some pretty nasty things towards women, uh, towards people with disabilities. And it's, it's one of those things where again, you have to be mindful. And if you're hiding your face behind a keyboard, maybe you never have to think about those things. But for those of us who have a brand, who have a YouTube channel, who have a Twitter following, who have whatever it is, you know, some sort of, of, of pathway to earn uh, income through content creation, we do have to be mindful of the things that we say. Because like you said, man, you never know when that stuff can flip back and really start to harm you. And I don't want anything anything messing up the bread so i ain't finna do that shit man like i i just i'm not like any good team hiring the right employees for your front office is just as important as recruiting the best players for the game that's why you need indeed indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one two three post screen and interview all on indeed get your quality shortlist of candidates whose resumes on indeed match your job description faster only pay for the candidates that meet must-have qualifications and schedule and complete video interviews in your Indeed dashboard. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. Get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com bluewire. 
Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. I'm going to do it now. Something that I want to talk about, man, is um, something that happened in the, in the music culture world over like the past couple of days, man. But it's been about a week, and it's the passing of DMX. Uh, Earl Simmons, uh, legendary rapper, man, somebody that I grew up listening to. And I know, Jordan, you and I have talked about our age difference, and we haven't talked to the people yet. This is only episode two. We haven't really talked to the people yet about um, how we grew up as black males, because we'll dive into that. It was very different for, for the both of us. But DMX was a huge part of my culture. I remember, man, I remember being in the seventh grade and being on the bus riding to our, 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 our JV football games, man, we're riding the bus. I've got my disc, man. Like, and if you had a CD player that had shock resistance, that way, every time the bus hit a bump, your CD didn't skip. You were like, you were like the cool kid, right? Like it wasn't no beats by Dre. You just had these cheap ass headphones. You hope that you had like an anti-shock disc, man. And I'm playing flesh of my flesh, blood of my blood. I've got that CD jam and I've got It's Dark and Hell is Hot. Like I had these, these DMX CDs because that's what, that's what got me going. Like I grew up listening to Earl Simmons and his passing, man, it just, it took me back to those days in my early childhood, you know, getting hyped up, getting ready for football games. And, you know, we had this conversation, we were talking about topics for the show you know, you and I were talking like we were like, should we talk about it? Should we not talk about it? But I think there are a lot of different there are a lot of things that take away from these situations every time they happen with with famous celebrities. Right. Whether that's DMX, whether that's Paul Walker when he passed away, um, whether that's like I mean, Kobe Bryant. Think about Nipsey Hussle. I got the victory lap. I, I represent, you know, I, I love Nip. Nip's on my wall. He's very, very influential to me. I'm, I'm blessed that I got to see him uh, in person before his passing. But we talked about this together, man. It's we always praise and recognize people the most when they pass away. Yeah. Right? We don't really, you know, we're putting flowers on graves and not giving somebody flowers to their, you know, to their face. Right? We're telling, you know, Kobe Bryant how much we love him and appreciate him now, but. Prior to his death, we weren't saying that, you know, it's just Kobe's dope. Um, and now with DMX, like you know, two weeks ago, nobody was thinking about DMX. Nobody, not even me. And then he passes away and it's like, oh my God, DMX is, is you know, just earth shattering news in the music culture world. Now, I, I want to kick it to you real quick. Just how much of a DMX fan were you? I mean, growing up in Canada, a little bit younger than me. I don't like how it like. What, did he play any kind of role in your musical upbringing? For me, unfortunately, not really. You know, you hear, I've heard, you know, some of the famous songs. Um, but beyond that, part of it too was just my growth uh, going through 
my younger days, like you're talking about grade seven, based on our age difference, I would have been, you know, grade one, grade two. So I wasn't out here listening to DMX when I was that age. I was still bumping that Mary J. Blige, the Backstreet Boys, all that stuff, that young music. Uh, so I wasn't quite up to DMX yet. Um, but, you know, as I grew a little bit older, I got I got familiar with his music and other and other music of older uh, hip hop artists, whether it be Tupac, Biggie, uh, Ice Cube, N.W.A., all that stuff. And we've had our own disagreements on music before and we won't get into that here. But um, I think, it, like you said, it's really important to understand and at least for me, learning more about DMX throughout the years and as well, learning, educating myself more about him um, in his days leading up to his passing was so many people talked about how real he was and how authentic he was and how he had his troubles and he owned up to that. And what I, what I learned more than anything is like, and something that I bring with me as well, is how being authentic is great. It's a great way to just show people who you are as an individual and not try and hide that you may have doubts, not try and hide that you may have flaws. And that's one thing that we talk about a ton, like so much individually, um, just how no matter what's going on, like we're there for each other. And I think it's so important because we look at Paul Pierce and the people he surrounded himself with in that moment, they weren't there for him, right? But DMX is someone that really encouraged that support system. And while we didn't know what was going on with him, obviously his family and the ones close to him knew of his struggles, but there's only so much you can do for that individual. And like you are for me, I'm there for you as well. Whenever you're going through stuff, we always talk about it, whether it's your mental health, content creation, burning out, um, all these things are at the forefront of today's society and being aware of people's mental health and what's going on with them is just, I think this is just another example of where it's so important to check in on your people, make sure they're okay, and not just ask them if they're fine, but actually ask them what's going on in their life, how they're doing and how they're handling everything that's going on. Yeah, man. And you know, the, the, the details aren't out as to exactly what the cause of death was or what, you know, substances may or may not have come into play to expedite you know that situation or to to bring this situation on um but you know from from everything that i've read or heard it was it was an overdose um not sure quite what but i mean that that hits home for me um big time because one of my best friends growing up i mean we literally have the same tattoo um chatting on us he passed away uh over of an overdose you know what i'm saying and um it's one of those things, man, where it, like we really, and I, I know it's easier said than done, but it's really not that difficult to do, but it's checking in with the people that you care about and you love, right? Like, and I know we can't call every single family member, every single friend every day. Like we can't do that, man. Like that's, I mean, you can, but you, you'd spend all day on the phone and then you're just doing it every day and it's not really genuine, but. It, it, it's important to to check in on folks, man, to check in on your boys, check in on friends. If you've got a thought like, man, I haven't talked to such and such in, you know, two years, man, I wonder how he's doing. I wonder how she's doing. Reach out, check in, you know, when, when we talk like, yo, how are you doing? Like, hey, man, you sound down today. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, even before we started the show, I was like, hey, you good, man? Like, you, you sound like you heard like low on energy, but it's it's little things like that, man. Um, and that's why I do appreciate the power of social media, because, you know, whether it's a quote that you tweet out or something that you say in a podcast that you may just be just saying and not thinking anything of it and somebody else sees it, reads it, hears it. And they're like, yo, that little line that you said, I heard it and it like changed my whole vibe for the whole day. Like I was super down. 
and you posted this quote or you said this on a show, Ray, and it completely changed my day. Like, thank you. Like, that's dope. That's the power of of where we are today. Like, and we're not any kind of big name stars. We're not on national TV. We're, we're just we're just two guys like sharing our story, creating content, having fun. But even in something as insignificant as fantasy football is insignificant at us getting on here and joking about Paul Pierce, um, you know, being open and vulnerable and talking about, man, like, damn, man, like, you know, having troubles with my girlfriend or me and the wife going through it or, you know, I'm just beat down, bro. I can't record tonight. The kids are, they're not doing well. I'm not feeling well. Like, you know, we just, we have to check in on people now while we're alive. That way, we're not going to see them and saying, I wish I would have when they're no longer here. Yeah, no. And that's that's a huge point. Right. And I think uh, even for me, I don't have as much going on as you. But the amount of times you've been like, oh, man, these kids, man, they're driving me crazy. And then we may joke around because I just laugh at you and you tell me one day, one day I'm going to be laughing. I'm going to be laughing on your end. But I think it's uh, really important. I'll just share like a quick personal story of mine. Uh, When I finished college, I graduated, but I was like in a really bad place at the time. And I remember I got dragged to a concert in Toronto. I went to go see Rally Ritchie. He's uh, most people don't know who he is, but he plays Grey Worm in Game of Thrones. And he's actually like a really good singer, too. And so I went to go see him in Toronto. Cost me like 20 bucks. But when I say that dude's like positivity, outlook on life, the admiration I had for his music and just being there in that moment. Like I think about that moment all the time, like that just being present in that moment, something about it told me that I just needed to make a change in my life and be a different person. And it's weird to kind of reflect on that. And I've told you other stories about like, I just have really weird days. Like I may have three or four months of like monotony, but then one day just comes along and like three, four five things cascade. And all of a sudden I feel like I'm living a completely different life than I was that day. And at least for that day in particular, I was just, for whatever reason, I had a really bad day, um, really bad, honestly, year and, and some, and just finished college and wasn't feeling too great about myself. But something about that day, that moment, being present, hearing his voice, the positivity that he spread throughout that entire room, um, it, it just changed. In a lot of ways, it felt like it changed my life. Um, but I think, like you're saying, you, you really just want to reach one person. If you can even reach one person, whether it's every day, um, once a month, once in your entire life, you've made a difference in this world, in that person's life. And uh, you can't put a price on that type of power and what that positivity can, can spread throughout um, you know, the universe or, or, the, or the internet world or the podcast world. Just spreading that love, that joy is yeah. so, so important. And uh, it's something that I try to do myself, you know, like I said, this moment for me at that concert was in some ways transformative and I want to pass on that to other people and, you know, try and give them that same feeling or even just some of that, right? That to me is enough. Yeah, man. And, and, and Earl Simmons, DMX had a lot of, he had a lot of demons, man. If you go read a story, there's some things when you talk about growing up in horrible situations, growing up poor. Like I read a story, man, that he was so, they were so like down and out, so poor, so just at the bottom, like uh, he and his siblings would actually like drink their mother's perfume because they were just so like, they had nothing, man. Like this dude came from the mud and became one of the biggest rappers in the world. There's, there's, there's a video apparently from Woodstock 98, 99 
where it looks like he's got the whole world in the crowd just rocking to the Rough Riders anthem. You know what I'm saying? Like that type of global reach, you know, and back then social media was non-existent. There was no Twitter. There was no Facebook. There was no YouTube. So when you like when you hear DMX, like don't don't get it twisted. This dude was like the Jay-Z of his time. Like he was doing movies. He was doing music. He was doing everything. Like X was that dude. So, you know, the fact that this unfortunate situation came about, you know, speculation here, substance abuse or whatever, like, you know, you just, you you never know what people are going through, man. So just reach out, reach out while we're alive, reach out while we're here, uh, because it's much better to tell somebody that you love them while they're alive than at a tombstone. But, um, so let's, let's switch gears. Let's, let's get off of it. Let's get off of Let's switch, right. let, let's switch gears. Let's switch gears and, and, and wrap this thing up on some, like, I guess positivity, but it's about to be negative because I'm <laughs> so sick. Like, I'm so ready for the NFL draft to get here, and I'm so ready more so than anything for the number three pick to come and go because yeah, every time I open up Twitter, the only thing people are talking about is why San Francisco should not draft Alabama quarterback Mac Jones and I have been a Mac Jones supporter since last September. I was like, "Yo, this dude's gonna be a first round pick." People thought I was crazy when I said he's gonna be a first round pick. That's all I've ever said. All I've ever said was Mac was gonna be a first round pick, and he's a lot better than people are 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 making it seem. I I cannot speak for the ineptitude of the San Francisco 49ers trading all those picks to move up to number three. And potentially, we don't even know if they're going to draft Mac Jones. We don't know we what's no going to happen, man. right? Like, we're, we're arguing about something that hasn't even happened that may or may not happen. But just your thoughts on San Francisco making the move and potentially drafting Mac Jones and seeing this everywhere, sports media, social media, it's everywhere, bro. It is easily the most annoying story in sports right now. Like, it's just, it's so played out like I for me I don't care that they want to take Mac Jones like I don't care at all I get if you think that Justin Fields is a better quarterback okay cool but then like go and buy a football team or go become a GM and you can draft him but if the 49ers believe that Mac Jones is their quarterback we maybe we don't believe it maybe we think Trey Lance is better maybe we think Justin Fields is a lot better I, I, I just don't get it. I don't get the debate. Like maybe people, maybe 49ers fans are mad. They traded all these picks, but at the end of the day, if they want to take Mac Jones, as far as I'm concerned, Justin Fields may go to a team that actually wants him, which is what I want for Justin Fields. You know, I don't, I don't appreciate some of the things that have been said about him, but as far as Mac Jones going to San Francisco, like that isolated story, why does everyone care so much? Like, I don't know what the difference is in contract situation and things like that, but it's maybe a couple million. Justin Fields is probably going to get $30 million. Mac Jones may get $33 million, depending on where he gets drafted. I just, I don't know. To me, I want these teams to take who they want. They're the ones running. They're the ones getting paid. They're the ones doing all these things, doing the scouting. I'm just sitting at my desk watching film. So for me, at least, I, I, I don't know. I just, I just can't get into these debates. I get if you want to debate Mac Jones or Justin Fields, who you think is better in a vacuum as a talent. But if they take Mac Jones, they take Mac Jones. Like once that happens, then what's the debate? Yeah. It'll just be 49ers fans probably a little bit mad. But other well, than that, you know, I don't. 
Well, the debate could be, and I'm not, I'm not taking it here, but it could be Sam Bowie over Michael Jordan. It could be. Oh, it could be James Wiseman over Lamelo Ball. It could be. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I think as fans of that team, you want like you want to see your team draft players you like. I get it, and. Let's just be clear. I think we both think Justin Fields is a better quarterback than Mac Jones. Oh, absolutely. But absolutely. I'm I'm with you. I just think the constant like belittlement of Mac Jones um as a player is crazy. And I'm not we're not going to get into the racial and stereotypical undertones of the Justin Fields like hate or fall uh, opposed to white quarterbacks. We're not going to do that today. We will talk about that. And I have been very instrumental and vocal about, I've been very vocal about my thoughts on the Justin Fields negativity. I'm just talking about strictly from a team selecting a player standpoint. I'm so tired. I really hope they go like, I hope they go like Penny Sewell or they go some random ass position. Like they're not going to, you don't trade up like that to take a tackle, but uh, I'm just, I'm so tired of jumping on Twitter and that's all we see. Why they should take, like, send that shit to the complaint department in San Francisco. You know what I'm saying? And, like, that's, why? and that's what's annoying is like, it's one of 32, like that percentage of the 49er fans, whatever it is, they're the ones who can talk about it. But why is it all over my timeline of fans of the entire NFL? Like, I... I I don't know, man. Like, I get people love their fantasy. They want Justin Fields to go to the 49ers because if he doesn't go there, oh, he might suck or, oh, it's not a good situation. Like, Justin Fields is good. We all know that. So I think wherever he goes, he's going to be good. And if the 49ers want Mac Jones, then so be it. Like, I, I just, I don't know. I Like you said, it's, it's exhausting being on Twitter sometimes. Like, when you talk about just social media exhaustion. Yeah. Twitter can just be the worst. Like, just the worst. It's pretty damn bad, man. But I'm going to tell you what's even worse than the than the Mac Jones, Justin Fields takes now is going to be how ridiculously obnoxious I'm going to be when they do, in fact, draft Mac Jones quarterback out of yeah. Alabama. I am going to be the most obnoxious person on the timeline. So I'm just letting y'all know now. Mute. Ray GQ because when they when they do that, if that happens, it's going down. I told y'all, man. That's what I'll be. I told y'all, Mac Jones, first round pick, third overall. Give him that money. Let him run that offense. Yeah, I just, baby. I don't know. I can't get on board with that. Like it's just, it's honest. It's annoying at this point. It's annoying. But you know, it is what it is, and this is what Twitter's for, so people can argue about whatever they want. Bro, you get you're ruining the story. <laughs> um, but yeah, I had to cut it twice. The first time, I guess I missed a patch like behind my ear, and it was like right behind my ear. So I legitimately couldn't like see it at all. And so I was in the kitchen. This is probably like six or seven o'clock the next day. And my mom's like, she starts laughing behind me. I'm like, okay, like, what's so funny? Whatever, okay. And then she's like, wait, no, 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 stand there, stand there, stand there. I'm like, what's up? Like, what are you talking about? And she takes a picture. I'm like, oh, damn, here we go.
So she sends me a picture and it's just like this small little patch right behind my ear. And I was kind of mad at my family. I'm like, yo, I've been walking around the house all day. Like no one said anything. Thank God I didn't leave the house because I legit like just had no idea right behind yeah. my ear. It was right behind my ear too. Just a small little patch. You cut your, you cut your own hair? Yeah, I've been too yeah, lazy you for look, years. Dude, you look good, man. Like it looks, see with me, I just got that baldy. So I yeah. just, and it's funny because I shaved right before the show. Oh, but I feel like I feel a spot like in the back. Where I'm like, <laughs> like I, I can feel it. I'm like, damn, I just missed it a little bit. But yeah, every yeah, now and man. then you got to do it twice, right? Just to make sure it's uh, yeah. it's right. Just, I had some to clean people, up the some, fade a little bit and all that. But you look it good, okay. man. I, I saw it when you uh, your YouTube video. I watched that today, and it had yeah. me all self conscious. I'm like, this mother. <laughs> Talking about people recording from the side, knowing good and well. That's how I do a lot of my stuff. You fixed it though. You fixed it, so it's fine. You fixed it's a good it. Good video. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna. I'm going to look directly at the camera from yeah. here on out. Connect with my audience. Yeah.